inside my family home and outside on the street. It's little wonder that I had an early fascination with cops and firefighters who, after all, are officially charged with keeping us safe. As a boy, one of my favorite games was called Rescue 8, after a TV show by that name. I would get my brothers and sisters and cousins to stage emergencies. Some would hang from tree limbs or pretend to be trapped somewhere, and then we would come racing to their rescue. Bikes served as police cars. We made our throats sore trying to scream like sirens. When I was old enough, I started jumping into bad situations whenever someone asked for help or I saw the need. When a peeping Tom was bothering the women at my future wife Julie's college dorm, I raced after the guy and jumped on the running board of his VW. He dislodged me by crashing into a telephone pole. For some reason, my early interest in keeping the peace didn't move me immediately into law enforcement. In college and after, I considered teaching, coaching, social work, and the ministry. My grandfather, whom I loved and admired, was a Lutheran pastor, and faith was, and is, the center of my life. I thought about it a lot as I served seven months of active duty in the Air Force. I then went into the reserve for six years. Finally, at my wife's urging, I took the test to join King County Sheriff's Force. 2,000 candidates took the test to get one of 110 jobs. I scored 82nd from the top and joined the force as a deputy in early 1972. I would stay on the job more than 30 years, as Julie and I made a family that included our children Angela, Tabitha, and Daniel. I was a quiet young man, and action was far more interesting to me than any conversation. But I could empathize with those in need, and that made me a good fit in a profession that still harbored a certain Wild West mentality. Thirty years ago, before training was upgraded and the department established more specific procedures, individual officers were expected to be creative and assertive. You raced to every scene at high speed, with the siren wailing, and you only called for backup as a last resort. One reason for this was the fact that your fellow cops were probably miles away. Sometimes the results of this macho approach were a little less than perfect. Take the time I answered a call to a domestic dispute where a man was holding a knife to his wife's throat. A more senior officer arrived and suggested I sneak in an open window. I took off my shoes and managed to get into the house. I distracted the man. He turned away from his wife and she managed to escape with my help. I then tried to prevent the man from killing himself. But as I entered the room, the man saw my reflection in a window. In the fight that ensued, he slashed my throat from my right ear to my esophagus, barely missing the jugular vein. When I tell this story, some people are shocked. But people are often more surprised to hear that my wife, Julie, wasn't hysterical over that incident. Once she knew I was going to be okay, her attitude was, there's nothing you can say, that's Dave. And she was right. Besides the challenge of solving crimes and the rewards of helping people, One of the main benefits of police work is the camaraderie you feel with fellow officers. You might bicker and complain about some of them, but the bonds you form are unbreakable. I felt this was especially true when it came to the person who influenced me the most during my years of patrol, Sam Hicks. Seven years my senior, Sam had been on the force for about three years when I arrived. A big man with curly red hair, He enjoyed the job and was part of a new generation bringing a smarter, more professional attitude toward the work. Sam was gung-ho, but he also had more common sense than anyone I had ever met, and he never lost his sense of humor. 
The most important lessons he taught me were about persistence and thoroughness. Both were on display the night we responded to a call from some fisherman who had spotted a man's boot, complete with a foot and a piece of leg bone, in the bottom of an isolated mountain lake. Months earlier, someone had reported a missing hiker in the same area. The man had had a few enemies, so we were looking at a possible murder. Sam and I arrived at the edge of the forest before dawn. Detective Bob Lamoria joined us. We grabbed our flashlights, hoisted packs onto our shoulders, and began a nine-mile hike to the lake in pouring rain. Sam never slowed down, and when we got there, we quickly inflated a rubber raft and we paddled out to recover the leg and foot with a grappling hook. While we were in the raft, I looked up to see what appeared to be a human rib cage resting on the side of a mountain, 500 feet above us. Under Sam's direction, I scaled the mountain, recovered...